today's artist is the beast of the beat, the master metronome, the one, the only Christopher J. Serrano, and he's here in the studio here at Parts Pass. How you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Finally, I've been trying since like episode one. I know. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know if I'm really good at procrastinating or if we're just that busy. It's a little bit of both, man. Yeah. We're both. My apologies. It's all good. Uh, so, guys, welcome to the BWAMS podcast. My name is Richie Marufo, and I will be your host. Uh, we're coming to you from Power at the Pass here in El Paso, Texas. And uh, as I mentioned right now, my guest is not only a, a great percussionist, he's a, he's a great friend. And really, uh, my own ventures into the music scene have been enriched by having this man by my side for multiple projects, really. Yeah, same here. Before we dive into this, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure. So I've pretty much lived in El Paso all my life. Um, I'm a second gen- generation drummer and percussionist. And man, music and drums have just always been there in my life. And at one point, I just decided to take on being a musician full time. And it's just been a crazy journey ever since. It's like the incredibly mm-hmm. compressed version super so and and here's the thing throughout the episode we're gonna draw it out expand it out tease it out because there's so much more to it and and uh one thing is you mentioned being a a full-time musician um that's actually something a lot of people don't do in this city and one of the reasons why i really wanted to get you on is just for that reason to discuss um, a little bit of the ups and downs of being able to do that the kind of work you've had to do for sure Um, so before we get there um again just welcome man um, tell us about your philosophy on drumming. Ooh, I just uh, ran onto. Let's open a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, I believe that if you have a heartbeat, you have a rhythm, and I believe that God created the first beat when He created the heartbeat, mm. and so I'm just trying to spread and share that message with any and everyone who has the open mind enough just to to be a little uncomfortable, you know, to try and experience rhythm and drumming um, on purpose. Because either way, no matter what, rhythm is all around us. Right. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you see that I'll find sounds and rhythms that are syncopated around the city, and I'll just throw down beats with it because, yeah. you know, the, the world is alive with music. That's <laughs> <laughs> The world is alive with the sound, sound of music. music. <laughs> Um, I, I dig that, man. Um, yes, and I've heard you say that many times. In fact, you know, uh, a bunch of my my poems are, are reflected in, in in that thought as well. You know, you, you know. Yeah, for sure. And and it's we we really have a mutual exchange when we perform together. You know, you um, in your words and in the way you do poetry, um, there is rhythm and there is a lot of context for me to feed off of and mm-hmm. for us to feed off of each other and it's it's really cool to experience and share that with people because maybe the normal instance wouldn't be to mm-hmm. have a poet and a percussionist working simultaneously mm-hmm. and improvising and and I think that that shows how how relevant rhythm is absolutely um and and I love the tie-in to to the heartbeat and and that's a great way to I think just uh convince someone that they have rhythm because I think a lot of people like to say, oh, I can't do that. I can't drum. I can't keep a beat. And and just pointing out the very simple fact, well, you're alive, you're breathing. This is your heartbeat. Close exactly. your eyes and listen to it. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah, your first just, rhythm. It's one rhythm, you know, blood coming in and blood coming out. And um, in that way, you know, even, even when people say, that's just not me. I'm the one who's always like clapping off. I can't feel time and stuff like that. Mm. Maybe, maybe their rhythm rhythm is a little bit more complex, you know? Maybe, and, I, and I love the way you've described that. Yeah. Before. The way, the way heartbeats can be dynamic and mm. sometimes inconsistent depending on our emotions. That's the way rhythm is. Absolutely. And so, uh, you've been doing full-time musician for several years now, which means that you've been involved with a variety of, acts with uh, bands and played at multiple venues um can you just briefly maybe run down some of the major names you've worked with um man <laughs> i i i don't want to leave anybody out um, that's the hard part yeah, yeah. so it, it's not really in order of importance or anything it's just kind of if if i think of it but 
Um, working with A. Billy Free recently has been a blessing. Uh, Liz Tina, Abraham mm -hmm. Marina Larena, uh, Golden Groove, of course, Jesse Fate, um, Liquid Skin. Oh. Um, man, I feel so bad right now. Like my mind just <laughs> blanks. But I mean, honestly, the 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 truth of the matter is, I, I'm I'm El Paso's drummer. I, I love working with different artists. I love collaborating, being yeah. a part of B the BWAMS community and being able to just be called up and play with such raw talent um, mm -hmm. has been like a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. So I, I think BWAMS would be pretty high up on that list. Yeah, man, uh, that's that's actually kind of been an in interesting kind of uh, performance because uh, you're probably one of our only drummers that I've featured. Oh, and when I first right, featured, cool. you, featured you at Black Orchid, um, you kind of showcased uh, a little bit of, of that diversity by bringing up other musicians you work with. Yeah. Remember that? You brought up Jesse and then you... Yeah. Um, Yoshi Solis. Yeah. Ethan went up to spit. Daniel did some poetry. <laughs> um, yeah. We all kind of did like a, way back, a group man. jam session. Yeah. It's been too long, man. And actually, I saw the flyer recently and that was... It was me and Chrissy Garola. Yeah, that's for right. That, and and surprisingly, ones. she's here in the studio right now. Like, not sitting with us, but she's nearby a couple rooms over doing yeah, some writing. so crazy. Yeah, it's been too long. Mm. We're going to have to do that again. I, I, I enjoyed it, man. But, you know, since then, uh, I think you've really started to take stock of, of your worth. And you've ventured out into doing your own kind of productions. And one thing that, that I want to comment on is you've been sponsored by Monk Drums. Tell me a little bit more about Monk Drums. Yeah, so Monk Drums is an amazing drum company making cajons and native flutes uh, just on the other side of the Franklin and Oregon Mountains in Chaparral, New Mexico. Nice. Um, they're doing it on a spiritual community. It's a beautiful place out in the wilderness where the mastermind of it all, Jacob Nidia. Shout out to Jacob. Yeah, shout out to Jacob. He, uh, he took the idea of creating a better drum just from fixing one of Eric Bozeman's drums. Wow. And they've turned into these beautiful instruments that I first fell in love with at Cafe Mayapan. Yeah. Uh, I was playing a show with Bobby Lozano and, and Juju, and they were auctioning off this beautifully painted custom drum. And as soon as I played it, it just resonated with me, and I could feel mm. it, and I was like, I need to be a part of this company. Like, what is this? And And it's just been... It's been its own journey ever since. It's been beautiful working with them. We just actually got to play um, for the Socorro ISD for some of their artistic kids. Mm -hmm. We've done basketball in the barrio. That um, was fun. Yeah, yeah, I that was really a little cool. bit with that. Yeah, and that um, one was cool because you also that was in the gym, so you had all these basketballs like bouncing around too, as kind of like rhythm as well. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, and actually sometimes we would be playing a beat and we would hear like a majority of the people in the gym start to kind of bounce with the beat. Yeah. That's a, that's actually a phenomenon called entrainment. Entrainment. Really? Entrainment. Yeah. So like, for example, in construction, if you have a lot of people hammering away, eventually it kind of syncs up. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. And I, it was interesting to hear that with basketballs and kids running around. Exactly. And all that. Rhythm is life, man. Movement is rhythm and rhythm, rhythm is, is life. life. Yeah, yes, man. Sir. Uh, so <clears throat> how did uh, you actually link up? So you talked about falling in love with, was that a moment where you met Jacob and, and kind of started introducing yourself? How so did... that's that was the day that I found out that Monk Drums pretty much existed. Okay. Um, and I got to actually touch one and play and one. And they're right in our backyard. They're I know. so close by. That's unique. That was the craziest part for me. You know, when I started learning more about it, um, one of their former employees just kind of reached out and he started inviting me to events. And eventually he just said, you know, let's have you become a part of Monk Drums so that we can build a community here in yeah. El Paso. Cause they have a lot of awareness on the East coast. They have a lot of people from Puerto Rico and, and in Mexico. Yeah. I mean, people, the congueros, they really dig the sound and, and the feel of Monk Drums. So they, they have a presence in the area and in New Mexico, but not so much, here. here on the border, yeah. Well, they chose the right guy to showcase them. That that's <laughs> for you, sure. Um, what makes a monk drum unique? Um, to me, every drum has a story, and monk drums are very unique because they have this very powerful and focused sound, and yet there are no synthetic parts. It's all wood. 
right. you know the construction is very much nature mm-hmm. and and utilizing just you know the basic materials of wood and glue and nails and creating the superior to me a superior product that that yeah. sounds unique absolutely so recently you know you mentioned going to socorro independent school district um what other kind of events have you been able to be part of um you also mentioned mentioned basketball in the barrio what else have you been able to do through monk drums um we've we've done some different things around the city uh eric bozeman and and jacob are very involved with some of the different churches in the community and and showing them how that they can be applied there um i've done a couple of events in las cruces for um different holidays and things like that just to grow awareness and actually uh, i recently hosted an event at star city mm-hmm. um to get people more acqu- better acquainted with monk drums how they work how to play hand percussion mm-hmm. um Abe was kind enough to come in and help me with that. And, and we're just trying to like spread and open up, open up, uh, how do I say that? Uh, oops, <laughs> cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're just trying to bring awareness of, of this new type of drum to the community. So we're, we're having events, events all around the city. We're actually mm-hmm. going to be playing at Escarate Elementary for their poets. We're going to be there February 28th in the morning in the gym, and we're going to be playing with some of the poets there. I really want to be there for that. I'll yeah, man, see I'll, that. I'll give you the details. I think that's uh-huh. going to be a great way to to get younger people into the arts. And that's the that's one of the goals, man. Of course. Our future generations, like, uh, inspiring them through our crafts. And the fact that you're able to do this through Monk Trumps, and just, just on your own, too. I know you've been able to do some, some things as well. For sure. Um, <clears throat> but... You know, as far as as far as uh, monk drums, you know, you've been rocking them at gigs. Um, have you ever gotten any interesting uh, responses from people playing gigs regarding your drums? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I love when people kind of like snicker and they look at this thing and they're like, <laughs> "He's playing with the box. Like yeah. anybody can do anything." Um, and then they hear it and people quiet down. <laughs> so, and actually, because this is uh, obviously an audio podcast without the visual. Um, a monk drum essentially looks like a cajon. Uh, what def- differentiates a monk drum from, say, a regular cajon? Um, sure. So usually a cajon, the first thing is that you're going to sit on it and play the front surface okay. of it. Um, that can be very strenuous on the back and on, on the player. Kind of have to hunch over, right? Yeah. Um, another very unique thing that sets it apart is there is a chamber within the drum that virtually no cajon has um usually they're just like this hollowed out body that shoots out air and these have a very focused low-end sound because they have this extra chamber in them creating this low resonating beautiful tone well i see you have one with you it would be a shame to to (laughs) have you sit next to it and not have you play it would you mind maybe demonstrating a, a couple rhythms so our audience can also hear a little bit of it? Sure. I think we should uh, throw in a little beatboxing with it if we <laughs> if we feel so inclined. I mean, you know, I mean, you know how we you know how we roll. Cool. Right, so, so let's. Here, uh, yeah. cool that's cool a little jam oh so that's a beautiful sounding drum and it just resonates so well if you have the right room and with the right acoustics it just it just bounces around oh yeah and then you mic it up and it's just so beefy and that and also that's something i want to comment on you know over you do play a lot of gigs right um and and so you've experimented with all sorts of different setups including with sound uh tell me about your experimentation with with mics and even I've seen you use uh, delay pedals and, and other aspects of that. Yeah, um, I think the world of drumming is 
there we we're, we're not really used to experimenting like that yet like you'll you'll find certain youtube videos and this and that but i love I love music and I love the drums, but I am truly passionate about sound. And so with the drums, just miking it up in different ways, um, figuring out how things resonate, I I think the drums is a great way to experiment with that. Mm. Um, And just being able to play with so many different artists and different styles allows me to be creative and always have a different setup and kind of take away the fear of, not playing the same way all the time. Right. Um, and earlier we were talking about this as an artist or musician. Um, sometimes when you get comfortable, it's not the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's always good to be a little uncomfortable. So that way it leaves some room for growth, you know, because right. if we're so comfortable with always playing the same kind of music on the same kit every night with the same people, then it doesn't leave very much room for advancement and exactly. for mistakes, really. You yeah. Know? And that's how we grow, right? Through the through the mistakes. And, right. Uh, you know, find what works, exactly. what doesn't work, you know, and, and then you adapt and then you change, you know. Uh, it's, it's constant, consistent growth. You know, how, sure. how would you, uh, I mean, honestly, uh, I like where this is going because honestly, uh, our conversation, I see visually like a tree and I want to choose the right branches to follow you know, because uh, you, you mentioned like being inspired by by nature, just every day, like listening, you know, what, what are some of the most interesting inspirations in, in nature or just uh, from observation, whether it be mechanical, it could be, you know, something too, that you've found rhythm in that you've tried to uh, mimic through your, through your sound? Ooh, okay. Um, the first thing that came to mind is that rhythm finds me. Okay. When, when, when I'm walking when I'm out and about, when I'm out in nature, um, if I hear syncopation or, or a repeated mm-hmm. sound, that, that just kind of comes to me and, and is this innate instinct to, to find rhythm in it. Kind of latch, um, latch on to it. Yeah, the, thing, the things that actually inspire me as a drummer are hearing the most random and numerous ruffling of leaves within mm. the wind or things that do not have a syncopated feel. You yeah. know, when when you hear things, a, a lot has to do with air and water because they don't have this rhythmic cadence to them. Mm-hmm. So so and, I kind of find it more in the randomness okay. than in the rhythmic. Right. And, and you know, while, you know, you use uh, air and water as an example, uh, both of those things, um, depending on their, their intensity, provide different uh, feelings for people. So when it's a nice breeze, it's relaxing. When it's a gentle trickle stream, it's relaxing. But if you, you know, it's a windy day outside, it's a little bit more furious. It makes people feel a certain way. Same with like uh, pouring water or something. So I think there is a relationship between that intensity and again, uh, music, rhythm. Of course, yes. It's the, <coughs> the, the natural helps fuel our, our creation and, and, we can relate all of those things into our emotions when we're expressing it mm. through music. And, and, and so and now going outside of the natural, like something you mentioned, uh, you know, being able to, and you shared this on your Instagram. You mentioned this earlier. Um, by the way, uh, do you want to give a shout out to your Instagram? So people want to follow you. Yeah. Um, my Instagram, Facebook and SoundCloud are all Christopher J drums. That's good. It's <laughs> <laughs> good planning. Cause like all of mine are different. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that wasn't easy. Technology doesn't make it easy. Um, but yeah, so if you want to find, I I really don't use SoundCloud too much. I really try to put things through Instagram. Okay. Um, I think, I think it's a good way to show, uh, different ways of different perspectives as far as teaching live, live shows, stuff like that. And, and one of my favorite aspects of Instagram is, is the story element. You know, I use it a lot and I see you do as well. One of my favorite things is when I, I do see you just kind of randomly finding a beat somewhere or, or a syncopation or some sort of, uh, and adding to it. Like, so I've seen anything from just the turn signal. Yeah. You know, adding to the turn <laughs> signal or, uh, uh, you mentioned downtown, right? You have the, the blink, you know, the, the, the lights, crosswalks, the crosswalks. Yeah. Beep, 
beep, <laughs> beep, and then you push it, you push the button, and you can add more to it, right? And I've, right. I've totally done that because it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to just play around like that. Um, music should be fun. Exactly. Too, you know, sure. uh, there's a playfulness to it, but it can be more. So tell me about that. Like, uh, in what aspects does 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 music take on this mantle of of the huge role of artist in society? Like, or what what does it mean to you when it it's more than just fun? Um, I believe the arts in general fuel change. Yeah. So so depending on what's going on in the world art already has a response to it. It's it's the greatest way for man to communicate emotions, to communicate what society and what people are going through. So I think we have a responsibility and a duty to to people and to the next generations to to communicate that, to mm-hmm. express ourselves and to express a message for the sake of bettering bettering the world. So it's I, I I think it's very substantial. It's something that weighs down on me at times, but is yeah. is truly it's a privilege to to be a part of this community, or else I wouldn't be sitting here talking to talking to the man. <laughs> <laughs> where where else? Where is he? <laughs> I mean, okay. So I'm gonna turn this around for a second because I know that you're a very humble guy, but the the way that we've met was through music with one band That's the right. way we've grown our friendship was through another band the mm-hmm. way we've come closer is through like yeah. you've you've been right there with me also playing with a lot of different groups and a lot of different genres mm-hmm. and it's it's a beautiful thing to have a friend in it because we get to experience a lot together you know yeah. we, we've yeah. played crazy awesome <laughs> gigs at like malolam and stuff we've played those were fun <laughs> those were so much fun but then we've also played like really chill and very well, we've played chill gigs at GVB, and then we've played very involved in and spiritual gigs like here at Power at the Past when mm-hmm. we did Kopi Coffee. Like that was nice with uh, Los Visionaries. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's been a lot of different ends of the spectrum performing together, and I think that that's that's it due in part to the fact that we are artists and we we value that. Mm. It's been a beautiful experience, and uh, personally, when I when I do perform my perform my spoken word. Uh, one of the things that I can appreciate is that you uh, you're so great at listening, man. I think um, you know, and I'm I'm speaking generally here, but I've noticed a lot of drummers just want to kind of bang, be loud. But there's a such an important aspect of being able to listen. And the reason why I know this is is the way in which you you kind of exchange rhythms. So in my words, you know, there's a natural cadence that I use, or uh, right. I mean. Um, language is very much musical, right? I tell me since all sure. the time. There's a rhythm to it. There's a cadence to it. Crescendos and decrescendos. And um, <laughs> what's up, guys? What up? Just gave you a shout out right now, actually. Was what up, Victor? Yeah, Victor in the house <laughs> versus. <laughs> cool. That's cr- dude. It's like you you summoned him because we were just talking. Oh yeah, But to go back to my point, right? Uh, speaking of the musicality of language. Um, I've, I've, I've seen you, uh, you know, knowing my words, like you compliment them way more than, cause when I've had to work with other percussionists, I, I you spoil me, man. <laughs> I just gotta say, like, you spoil me. Like I'm, I'm used to you being able to like kind of bounce off kind of those ideas. And I don't even know if it's, it, it's a lot of, it's probably just like instinct for you. Yeah. It's, it's something that I don't, it's something that I can't practice. You know, it's really just the experience and the blessing of getting to work with different artists and being able to uh, focus on growing that in the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. can be anticipated. I can't know how the cadence of your work is going to come out. It's just it's instinctual. And it's it's because we have a you know, we have a connection. Even if I just meet an artist on the spot, as soon as you share music, as soon as you start playing notes, you're being vulnerable with another person. Yeah. So I'm I'm able to listen and feel for that and and understand kind of the message that people are trying to to create through music and I think that that it, it's it's a blessing in itself you know to be able to to share and and have artists tell me that also you know I, I yeah. I'm glad that people like it because <laughs> there's that's uh... what I'm doing. I'd have to say there's a couple of times where where you know you've been missed you know. <laughs> 
but that's that's a story for another time. Uh, yeah, and so uh, even when when I'm not playing with you, I, I do appreciate when I have the chance to go out and catch you perform. You know, because again, you're performing a lot. Can't make it to every single one, but it's cool to see all the different acts, different performances um, that you've been a part of. You yeah. know, from again, really huge highlighted gigs. You know, to just kind of background uh, shows. And when I say that, you know, I think of just sometimes audiences. I feel don't appreciate live music like they should. You know, yeah, that's cool. Like sometimes I, we're gonna be the elevator music, and that's like, fine. That's fine. And I, I just think of those gigs where we have to clap for ourselves after oh, songs. Oh, yeah. Or you can just literally name, like, thank you, this person at table seven. You know, <laughs> like, you have one person out of 20 clapping, but that's that's part of it. Yeah. Sometimes that's just been me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for that. And, and the reason why I do that is, honestly, sometimes I think people just need the push. Yeah. Oh, someone else is clapping. Let me clap, too. Like, sometimes, you're like, I don't want to be the only one clapping. And so people are just, like, waiting in their own anxiety and, like, nervousness. Like, oh, I want to clap, but I don't want to be that weirdo. And me, I'm, like, I'm, I'm way beyond that, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm going to clap. Forget oh, it. man. You're, dude, you're, it's so cool having you as one of our biggest fans, you know? Like, it's Richie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a treat being able to come in. Now, um, you know, we've been talking about Monk Drums and, and working with them. Um, aside from any monk drums, um, what are your weapons of choice as far as playing gigs? Um, so I, I have the I have the privilege of playing my dad's Tama drum set from the 80s. Uh, it was like his baby that he got, and he went on tour with it. He played a lot of shows with it. Um, if I'm not using that one, I love playing congas, bongos, yeah. any auxiliary percussion. Um, I don't see like any hierarchy and importance because sometimes the bongo player can kill it over someone with the full drum set. You know, right. like it really doesn't make it's it. The wizard, not the wand, right? <laughs> yeah, I always say that one. Um, and honestly, I I kind of aim to always take a different setup. You know, mm -hmm. like when you went to go check out check out me and Abe at Forma, I had never used those two monk drums together. <laughs> you know, right, like right that's on. that's I just enjoy doing that. And um, that's part of the experimentation we were talking about. For sure. Uh, in fact, now that I'm I'm remembering um, after our first band that we played with together, cool little Afrobeat kind of stuff. Uh, I was asked to perform at uh, one of the earlier versions of the Glass Box for uh, Farm Workers, Fenders, and that's actually the first show that we played with Daniel, yourself, and I did poetry, and that was um, in one way a birth of a new version of Endangered <laughs> Language because I took up the mantle from a previous iteration of poetry and music and all that. Uh, but I remember there you used an electric drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> and that was interesting. You that know? was. And there's a YouTube video of that. Yeah. Mm. That um, was just a little weird, but, you know. Playing playing emotionally with something so synthetic was definitely a struggle. It was a good challenge, though. Yeah. and uh, That was the night I met Daniel. That's crazy, and in that's person. immortalized yep. in, in our performance. Yep. Um, and that was cool because we had never practiced exactly and uh that's just kind of the way we've been doing indigenous language for a little bit you know man um, that's just the way it happens with any band sometimes true true um now um going back to the the percussion right gongas bong, like you're a great gongero we say how's the term gongero gongero yes. yeah uh now when people go see you play and you're playing gongas there's one unique element that's that sticks out to people and you have a little prisoner on there. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and so people always kind of point <laughs> it out. You have an animal, yeah. of course, uh, from uh, the Muppets, yeah. famous drummer. Uh, why you got him chained up like that? <laughs> Just kidding. No. You've had all sorts of interesting reactions to that. Tell us yeah. a little bit about animal. Uh, that dude's more famous than I am, obviously. Yeah. So it's just like if he's gonna be kicking it with me, he he's just he 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 became attached to that gonga for a music video, and he just like never just came off. Yeah, I was I was doing a video with Nocion del Tiempo, uh -huh. um, which was a Norteño group, mm. and we were playing at the Chamisal, and you know we were bringing alcohol into practices and you know <laughs> doing right. our thing and 
animal just became a part of it and he's just always kind of chilled there for the monk drum event he had a little black bow tie like. that was a nice addition <laughs> so, well, to show you know he's he's not there <laughs> he's which, not being forced which by the way was a really nice uh, demonstration and lecture uh but i'll put a bookmark on that for now cool. uh, but you know just in my personal observation animal has gotten some some interesting reactions <laughs> from kids and and even like women like oh my god you know they they want to go yeah people dug it i'm all alone yeah, that was fun. And then and the and Malalam, you you know, I, I appreciate this. You let me play the congas. Yeah. And that was huge for me because uh same thing, you know, I, I wanna try new things. I wanna try new rhythms and uh that was that was just so much fun, man. Remember uh was it the September sixteenth? Yes. Independence Day, that was crazy. That was really crazy. And honestly the whole experience with playing Malalam, um every new venue that I go into I, I expect to learn. Yeah, and I keep an open mind to that. And Malolam was no exception. That was one of the first gigs that I've played where I was running sound while right. while yeah. playing drums. Um, so I mean, yeah, that was that was definitely a fun time of experimenting and being able to collaborate on percussion and drums. Mm. So, <clears throat> for the most part, we've been talking about Chris, the performer. Tell me a little about Chris, the recording artist and sound producer. <laughs> A decent asshole. <laughs> I've been had the pleasure to meet him. Um, no, in the studio, like I, I love walking into a studio as the sun is rising and walking out when the day is done and it's dark and not feeling time pass. Yeah, like I love being in the studio. I love being behind the board as well as the drum set, and time just stands still for me when I'm behind in the booth. Like I, I will do take after take. And it just, it drains me in a different way. Like I have to listen to myself physically because mentally and psychologically, like I'm just like in that zone. Um, So I think that that kind of changes up from playing live because live has to be a little bit more communicating with the people and and having a certain uh, presence. And in the studio, I'm just like, I don't care. Like I just got to do the best that I can do. So it's, it's definitely a different mentality. Well, yes, and that's interesting. I have brought it up before, but you know, I've seen some of the best live performers kind of clam up in the studio. <clears throat> Part of that, you know, deals with different anxieties, but you know, it's been a pleasure. Do you remember your first time like going into like a, a studio studio to record? Mm. So one of them was Valor, okay. which was before Ace with Mr. Bobby. Okay. Um. That was like the first time that I was really called in to do gigs with people I had never met. Um, was that the, with the Norteño group? No, at the time I was with this band called Facing the Furies with Fer- Fernie Camacho. Okay. And uh, that was a rock group who just happened to have Valor Studio as a practice space. So we recorded a couple tracks. Nice. Um, but then they called me back in to do some studio work. And that was really the first time, you know, coming in cold, not knowing what song we were doing. And actually, I we did one of Ed Sheeran's first songs before he got big as a cover. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know anything of him at the time. Um, but that's how that's how random and and new it was to be in the studio at that point. That was really my first my first experience. Besides that, it's always mm. been my own recordings. Well, you've also, I believe, worked with Beacon Hill and Star City, right? And. Uh... For different projects, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, tell me a little bit about your home studio, though. Um, so that's that's been part of my learning process over the past, like, 10 to 15 years. I used to do drum covers on YouTube, hoping to bring that back soon. Okay. Um, is that is your YouTube also Christopher J. Drums? Ah, I tried. My, my <laughs> c- 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 combo breaker. <laughs> no, I wish. My <laughs> my first YouTube channel was, oh my goodness, Uh-oh. Lil Drummer Boy 1356. <laughs> But then I messed up and spelled Little Drummer Boy L A L D R U M E R B O Y one three five six. Drummer. Yeah, it was just it was what was available, and and I didn't. Yeah. I it wasn't part of my process. I was just like, I need to get a channel and put up videos. Um, does it still exist? It does still exist. So you can go look it up. Yeah. L I L D R U M E R B O Y. One three five six. Oh man, um, we were all young once. <laughs> but, but go see a young Chris, you know, drumming. That's that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, we're talking about uh, your studio. Oh, right. Yeah. So that that was like the beginning of learning about DAWs and yeah. you know recording and stuff like that. That was really a really easy process to get into because I was doing my first couple covers with an electric kit. Okay. Um, as soon as I got over to the acoustic kit and wanted to do that, I pretty much gave up because I wasn't satisfied with the sound. Um, the video was there, but the audio was just lacking. Yeah. And that's when I started really focusing on uh, mic placement and learning right. about post-production, stuff like that. Um, but over over the years, I've had Dan Lambert come in to record, Golden Groove. Yeah. Um, Golden Groove's first album was pretty much done in yeah. my garage and at my buddy Daniel's house. That's where that's we right. recorded all the sex. Um, that's great. So... Yeah, we um I've had Liz Tina go in to record Abe, um A Billy Free and I are currently working on something and Can't it's wait just to hear that. yeah it's just I, I try to make it a a collaborative hub for anybody who wants to work on passion projects who doesn't necessarily want to think about the time or money aspect but just wants to lay some things down with yeah. with a drummer and and kind of see if we can get to an EP. And in many ways, it's like uh you know sketching, doodling, yeah, you know, scratch pad to get some ideas down and see what goes from there exactly yeah um yeah some of my first uh recording experiences have been in your studio for sure i know man it's been so and, long uh, and we have the files there that uh, we haven't done anything with damn and actually i just <clears throat> ran into i found the stems for uh juxtaposition well well and... well <laughs> yeah man we got to bring them back yeah man i've had a project that i've been waiting to bring to life but uh it'll, it'll be there you're always welcome, man. And uh yeah, dude, um record that's another aspect altogether is is I think um depending on how serious you are, I think the best way to learn something is when you have to teach it yourself. Um and so I think part of that is has been like I've been learning about sound too and like you said just learning about all that stuff. Yeah, and practicing it, you know, yeah. doing doing these podcasts and recording and collaborating with the people that you have, it it's yeah. always growth. Yo, um, actually, so since you just brought it up, um, tell me about your practice habits. Mm. People probably want to know. Look <laughs> at this guy. He's a beast. <laughs> he probably, like, practices every first breath of the day. To Wait, what? No, you're always breathing. But, like, you know, first, <laughs> first, first moment of consciousness to, like, and I don't know. Tell uh, us about your practice habits. Um, I've honestly been trying to get back to the point that I was at in high school, which was... My mom would drop me off like half an hour before school started, so that started my day. Um, okay. Seven to like eight thirty, I would go through rudiments, and then throughout. Would that, would that be on a practice pad, or would you have access to a band room? Or I eventually had to take a practice pad to school because I would start to bruise my legs. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so through time, there's been this progression of um, practicing in the morning. Uh, on a practice pad, then doing as much as I can during the day, uh, an hour or two behind the kit, just uh, shredding ideas. And when I find something I like, just repeating it like yeah. a madman from 40 BPMs to whatever. Um, and then it, towards the evening, I'll try to record or have some kind of a, a record of something that I've been practicing through the day. And then... Pretty much ending the day with like a gig or a jam session or <laughs> something like that. So I, I've been trying to get back that uh that mentality. Honestly, working with George, bass player out of Austin, that guy was super cool. That dude changed my mindset and really put me back in into that into that mode of deep practice of like four to six hours a day. Like when he was here, when I was over there in Austin, we were playing eight to ten hours a day. Wow. which was just like so enriching. It's, it has to be, man. That's great. Like, so I really appreciate you sharing that. It sounds like you had a very meticulous plan. Um, and you mentioned working with Daniel, you know, in, in a way it kind of reminds me of Daniel because whenever he works on new material, he uh, he makes sure to document it as well. For sure. And he, he always likes to record audio and he, and he loves sharing it. One of my favorite things is he always, he'll, he always send me like, hey, check out this new song I wrote through, through WhatsApp. He'd send me little, little uh, audio clips. And I think that that's cool. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> tell me about the the importance of practicing with a metronome because I know a lot of musicians and especially younger ones might not see the benefit in that. 
Yeah, so I was just teaching a student earlier, and I, I told her straight up, it's it's a double-edged sword. You're going to love it and hate it because yeah. a metronome is the most annoying necessity <laughs> within music. <laughs> right. And especially in the recording context, because sometimes you just want to play what you're feeling, and it may not be as in time as it should be. Um, but it's it's definitely necessary for bettering yourself it, it's almost like trying to teach your heartbeat how to be consistent that's wow. that's not possible okay. but but there is a way to better ourselves with understanding grooves and understanding yeah. that if we are in time so much and we understand the concept of time then we can start playing with it <laughs> you know then then if we have a click in our ear if we're comfortable enough we can get off of that on purpose, you know, and it's yeah. a hard, it's a hard thing to, to do. It's, it's definitely something to aspire to. Uh -huh. um, but the metronome is, is definitely necessary for anybody who wants to play rhythm. Okay. And, and that's not just saying like a rhythmist, a drummer, a percussionist, <laughs> anybody who wants to play notes, yeah. in a line of time that's music yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoever that's music. wants to play music has to have some kind of understanding of yeah. what that time is so get a metronome guys i mean there's already. there's free apps they used to cost like 40 to 60 <laughs> bucks for like those old school ones and now you can download an app for free yeah don't be lazy do you do you use any apps or do you still have an old school metronome that you use i've actually never even gotten to hear an old school metronome in person okay I've oh i don't know used... if the old school like yeah ones, yeah the old... but i'm talking about like maybe like the the yeah. You know, the cheaper plastic yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I have one of those. Um, okay. But I usually just use an app so that I can show people, hey, it's as easy as downloading it onto your phone, right, you know, or a tablet. Yeah, yeah. Um, your tools are just as important, right? And, and keeping right. track of, of that. Yeah, and one little, like, FYI trick thing to get you started, um, 60 BPMs is pretty much 60 seconds. Okay. So if you look at a watch, um, that keeps time guys like that is a metronome that's 60 right. beats per minute so it's all around us whether we like it or not hold on let me check my watch <laughs> this one's a time traveler it, it moves faster does it move Actually, faster? i get that looked at is yeah. it like 62 beats per minute or something might be <laughs> <laughs> it has arrhythmia uh yo but uh so another thing that you just kind of mentioned um and this is a component of you being a full-time musician is that you've also taken on students, right? So you've yes. taken on the, the role of teacher. How long have you been teaching percussion? Um, I had my first formal student back in 2008. Okay. Um, but I've always just kind of, I've always tried to keep an open mind and sharing that and not keeping things to myself. Good. So, Some people are greedy with their information, huh? <laughs> yeah, sometimes people play rhythms or or you know, are, are getting their music out there, but at the same time, they're like, no, no, you can't hear this. This is exclusive. It's like, wow. Oh, I just, I, I've totally it. experienced that too. And I was like, really, dude? He like, I remember being in a practice and like, I wanted to share it. And this dude was like, no, no, don't. These are my secret beats. Don't. I mean, he didn't say it. Literally say it, but I'm like, oh man, you're serious. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because then I'm just like, man, now I'm going to learn it even more and add my own flavor and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so what if, uh, what kind of things have you learned by being the teacher? Um, to slow down. Okay. To appreciate the single notes you know, w okay. whether there are 4, 8, 12, rather than trying to play 64, 128, mm. you know, to to go back to the basics and really appreciate and learn the foundation of playing the drums. Mm. Because okay. um, I have a couple more advanced students, but those ones that are really starting out and really trying to get what is behind rhythm, it, it really makes me value what i'm doing mm. because it's showing someone something completely new that they don't know that they already have within them mm. and so it, it it brings me back to to my foundation as as a drummer to to just be comfortable with one two three four one two three four 
before, you know, getting that concept down is, is a lifelong journey in itself. Yeah. yeah you know, a lot of that resonates with me as, as uh, someone who teaches writing, you know, um, it's, it's very similar. You go back to the basics, how, how is a sentence formed, right? How does syntax work and parts of speech, you know, it's yeah. a little bit of, of going back to understand and maybe even appreciate those things the building blocks exactly language same thing for rhythm right i imagine and and the simplest concepts are actually the most complex because if we get into very complex things in music they they can be written they can be demonstrated but you cannot teach feel you cannot teach Uh pocket groove you know like that's that's where those basics really come in wow i'm so glad you mentioned that uh, whenever I think of, of form and and teaching and and studying, I always think of Bruce Lee, because mm. Bruce Lee writes a lot about form. You know, he uh, famously adopted from other martial arts around the world, um, and developed his own Jeet Kune Do. And uh, you know, I think of I think it was Enter the Dragon. There's a scene where he has a student, you know, and they're going over the forms, and he's kind of like. Getting the student, hey, no, 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 and then he finally tells him, like, you know, it's it's more than just a form. You have to feel it. You have to feel yeah. it. He says it's like a finger pointing at the moon. Focus on the finger and miss all of that heavenly glory. Wow. There's a there's a certain unspoken aspect of like you're saying the the feeling that yeah. goes into um, your growth as a as an artist or musician. Exactly. Yeah, and and I can't use this um, this example for every student, but. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Drumline. Um, yeah. But there's a part where one of the <laughs> one of the white guys is trying to steal the spot of his superior um, bass drum player, and Nick Cannon's telling him, "You gotta bang the drum." Yeah, I remember that. You know, that. and it's like you're hitting the drum. You're you're playing with a certain emotion, but you're not banging the drum you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not getting that that intention and that intensity out of what you're playing as, as someone who was in a marching band when that came out yeah i heard i heard heard that plenty yeah and th- <laughs> there's there's a lot to that because a drummer can be able to play a thousand notes and hit every hit every cue and play everything on time but if he doesn't have that feel then what's the difference between him playing a thousand or playing one note, you know? Mm-hmm. So now that we've talked about, uh, ev- you know, evolution of, of craft and mastery, um, what if like, in, in terms of genres, you, you mentioned you've played so many, um, which, which one is kind of giving you the most trouble and, and rather it's complexity. Okay. J- you were okay. <laughs> jazz. <laughs> jazz. Tell yes. me about jazz. Um, Jazz is art in motion. Jazz is emotion spoken through instruments. Jazz is um, eloquent simplicity. It's it has a form and yet it is free. It's captivating and yet people can just completely shut it out. It is a complete paradox of itself, and it's love that. It's like every genre, I, I don't feel like I'll ever gain a mastery. I'm just learning. Um, but jazz is that one genre that I I keep reaching out for. And as soon right. as I feel like I, I reach one peak, <laughs> it's just a little hill to the next thing. You know? It's... <clears throat> yeah. And music, I mean, jazz is, is definitely my favorite genre for that reason. That's why I write a lot about jazz. Uh, but yes, there, there's that aspect in music. Where you think you've got it, and then the next day the rug's pulled out from under you. Yeah. Boom. You know, and it keeps you on your toes, especially with something like jazz that maybe is more improvisational and, yeah. and like a conversation between musicians. And th- that aspect really hasn't um, been the, the struggle. It's, uh-huh. it's been more within uh, learning the rules so that I can break them. Yeah. You know, with with jazz, I feel like you really have to educate yourself with the greats and what they did and the rules and 
standards that they set in place. Right. Literally, like the standards. Absolutely, that which they set which in you place. get called upon to play a lot of gigs. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't do them justice. I'm not happy with right. with my jazz play. And, and essentially, it's almost um, like that adage: in order to think outside the box, you first must know the box. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think that's just important. Uh, whatever you're, whatever you're studying. Yeah. Man, we're already coming up on out on an hour. Can you believe that? Oh wow. Really? Yeah, man. Uh, so what's uh, some of the more experimental stuff you've done? Um, the last little venture that was really fun was playing with uh, DJ Jason Craig at Fool's Gold. I've been wanting to play with the DJ for so long. Right. I, I remember you trying to make that happen. And uh, DJs. just to like a little, you know, sneak peek. Uh, Jason's letting me know that they probably want to bring me in for something during the day at Fool's Gold. So no way. Hopefully, we'll so be bringing that to the day crowd. Like a brunch kind of thing? I don't know. I mean, maybe even like a lunch hour thing for people around the area. We'll see. Okay. Um, remember last year, uh, we met up with uh, Far Beyond, yeah. Hope and Anchor, and he he was DJing, and he got to drum a little bit, and, and yeah. his kind of, uh, that was a cool thing, his say word. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've okay. always dig playing percussion. Um, but when a DJ tells me like, yo, come bring a drum kit, yeah, you know, like that's really where it's like, I can try things. I can play beats with the songs and stuff like that. I'm not just like an added, um, an added color to the overall thing. It's, it's its own entity. Your own component. Yeah. Um, and I was there for, for a little bit, um, towards the end and that was really fun. I think the crowd was digging the live element. Definitely. And these are people who I think you can convert to go see more live shows like that. For sure. And yeah. I think uh, between you and, and you had Daniel playing sax, and you also had um, uh, from, from uh, what's the group? Dusty Lowe? Yes. What's, um, yeah. Sam. Yeah, Sam, On Dusty trumpet. Lowe, and Trumpet. Yeah. That was cool. That was super cool. People were digging that. Yeah, yeah. Um, experimenting like that is always fun. Um, working with Celia um, as her, with, as her feature at the the BWAMs was really cool. I love yeah, working with poets cool. and spoken word artists. Um, I'm actually going to be working with Nicolas out of Ninth Ward. He hit me up and he kind of wants to do some experimental sound packs with Monk Drums. Oh, all right. Um, so cool. we're going <laughs> to... Monk Drums doesn't know this yet, but we're going <laughs> to fill one of their drums with water at some point and oh, see how it sounds. You meant, yeah, you um, mentioned that. Lining it, you know. Yeah, doing some soundscaping and and recording nature, stuff like that. Um, got some stuff in the works with A. Billy Free. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, so moving forward, yeah, what kind of things do you have planned? Um, yeah. Um, A. Billy Free. Yeah, hit her up, and we, we turned out some great tracks just jamming together. Um, so I'm excited about those. Yeah. Um, me and Jesse are currently in the studio with Chris Balin uh, working on a single. So that should be dropping soon with his song Spider. Um, okay. You know Golden Groove and Daniel's Madness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've we've pretty much recorded in like three studios in oh, the past wow. six yeah. months. Um which has been great because we've worked with a lot of different artists. Anna oh. was just here from California, amazing vocalist. Yeah. Um, working with different bass players. Um, we pretty much have, I believe, another nine or 12 tracks. Wow. Um, wow. So that'll be the second album coming out. Really put um, in a lot of work. Yeah, man. And and it's, it's great to work with such um, diversity. You know, I got jazz... Got some soulful trip hop type of thing. Got hip hop. Um, we need to bring back reggae, man. Right. I've always wanted right. to work with Randy Vega. Shout out to that hey, dude. Hey, man. So if you're listening, Randy. <laughs> I've I always dug that dude's feel okay. and 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 his voice. He's actually one of the first local musicians I ever heard. Yeah, I like I, I really like his stuff. Um, so reggae's. I I actually have a a track that I'm working with George on. Um. That's that is a one drop reggae type of beat, so I'm getting back into that nice, slowly. Nice. Um but yeah, man, I mean honestly, working with all these artists has really influenced me to start booking gigs for the sake of paying my fellow musicians and, and getting us out there more and and sky's really the limit at this point, you know. We're we're aiming to travel to LA 
and Austin again. We're trying to record a video with the vocalist from Kansas City. So we're wow. just kind of trying to be stay well-rounded and not weigh ourselves, spread ourselves too thin and, you know, just keep going. It sounds like you have a lot of great projects in the works. Um, so if you're listening and want to be kept up to date, again, uh, uh, most of his social media, you can follow, you can find him, Christopher, Christopher J. Drums, um, on Facebook, Christopher J. Serrano. He also, of course, teaches classes. So if, you want, if you're interested in taking classes, hit him up. Uh, any more information about that? Yeah. Um, one last thing I really wanted to mention. Uh, I'm working with El Paso Parks and Rec to start a drum program for low-income families on the west side. Um, we're aiming to do it at the Galatzan location on Mesa Hills. And that's currently in the works. Pretty much everything is in place. Um, I'll be taking email and contact sign-ups soon. Uh, there's going to be limited spaces, maybe under okay. 10 kids. Um, but it'll be a one- or two-month program where I'll be teaching kids about rhythm, music. Uh, but we'll also get into things like etiquette, things like listening and being respectful when other people are playing or speaking um, to just show kids that, and the community that music serves as much more than just entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's beautiful, man. Um, so as we as we round up the hour, um, you know, there's so much more to talk about. I mean, we didn't really get into the music scene and 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 trying to, you know, improve it for musicians. But we'll get to that. Maybe we'll do another episode. Yeah. I, we had talked about this. Yeah, this is part uh, so one. we we do have a plan to bring in also an, another some other voices too for that. Yeah, so that will cool. stay tuned for that. But right now we have Christopher Serrano, good friend, drummer, beast of the beat, master percussionist, <laughs> uh, many names, um, Matt, uh, wearer of many hats. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and end this episode with uh, a track of his choosing. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to share some teasers. So like I said, Golden Groove has been in the studio. We've also been in the studio with uh, Jesse Fate and a billy free um so i think we'll just show a couple teasers from them and what's been going on okay cool yeah, man. Thank so you here's for having a, little, me. a little teaser um of chris and some of his projects it's been great having you on man uh, appreciate it thank you man for the beyond's podcast i'm rich peace peace
Sit back, kick back, and relax, cause right up you got the B Wallace podcast. Podcast, podcast. Let's just do that. How about that? <laughs> <laughs>